Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the Wickedly Smart Women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create change all around the world. Now here's your host, Emerald Green Forest. And welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Emerald Green Forest, and today I want to welcome my very special guest, Allison Donaghy. Allison is a radio host of the Allison Donaghy Show author of an international best-selling book, Think Opposite, Using the Domino Effect to Change Your Business, Change the World, speaker, and a cause and effect strategist, and will expand your mind in ways you didn't think possible. Her latest project is My Part, and that has a pound sign in front of it, hashtag in front of it, so hashtag My Part. Accepting our part in every single situation we find ourselves in brings us to a place of true empowerment. And my part has the goal to help people see themselves as part of humanity as a whole, rather than dividing into victims and victimizers, oppressed and oppressor, thus moving towards understanding the inherent value of everyone. I also have had the pleasure of meeting Allison in person and playing and dancing with her at the New Media Summit, and she is a pistol, and a not only is she a wickedly smart woman, but she is a badass dancer and just all-around fun person to be with. So welcome, Allison. So grateful to have you here on the show today. <laughs> I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah. And it was certainly fun playing with you. Yeah, we have yeah. a good time together. We, we do. We we move some dominoes on the dance floor, baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of wobble, a little bit. Of, yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, that's one of the things that I really admired about you, but I also admire about a lot of wickedly smart women that I know is that you know, we're doing some pretty serious things in the world. Your work with hashtag my part stuff is really super powerful and has the potential to create an entirely new world. And at the same time, you are joyful and you're having a lot of fun. So I want to talk a little bit about, first of all, your calling into this work and, you know, kind of what's behind it, what inspired you to move in this direction. But then I also want you to talk a little bit about you know, bringing the lightness of being to your leadership role. Mm. Wow. Okay. Um, so I guess it came to fruition, the hashtag my part. A year ago, January, I gave a speech called my part. And I talked about uh, how we have to be careful about how we join movements and that everything is a double-edged sword. So we can do things on the positive, joyful side, or we can do things on the dark, negative side. So the choice is ours, uh, how we get involved in things. And then I went on to talk about how I'd been sexually assaulted in high school. And it wasn't until I got to the place where I understood how I co-created it. And that is not to say, and this is in capital letters, that I deserved what happened, that he was okay doing it to me, that I should have shame or blame or guilt or any of that around that. 
All it means is that I took a step back and I looked objectively at how I made choices that led to that. And when I did, I was actually free from being his victim. I moved into a space where I no longer was at his mercy and he no longer controlled my life or my actions. And then after that speech, I had um, quite a few people reach out. Some were angry because they disagreed with what I said because they didn't hear all of what I said. And it, they got triggered from all of their own reasons. And, and I get it. That's fine. But I also had an awful lot of people come and say, how do I do that? Like, I want that freedom mm -hmm. from the people that victimized me. And so how do I do it? And I was just like, oh. So that got me thinking about how do I help people work through this process? And then I had a guy come on my show. Uh, he reached out to me, told me about how he was sexually assaulted by his wife, put in the hospital for three or four days. And I realized that during this um, conversation with him that I had not been treating men well. Mm. And I had been treating men through the lens of broken feminism, of which I adopted without my knowledge or my permission. And I was pretty pissed off about it. And I spent the next year and a half, year-ish, year and a half now, looking at men's rights and trying to really see and understand men. And I used to be afraid that that would make me a weaker person, that I was somehow relinquishing my power by seeing them. But in fact, the opposite happened. I became softer and stronger. Mm. I mm -hmm. love that. Well, so it's fascinating, Allison, that you and I both have been on a year and a half long journey around, you know, really looking at and reframing and redesigning our relationship with men. In fact, what got me started with podcasting is I also, you know, had a life of abusive relationships with men. And uh, then I ended up getting clear that I was the single unifying thread and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so the only person who could make a change around that was me. And I actually saw how, you know, let's use hashtag my part here. Mm -hmm. I saw how not only was I attracting abusive men, but everywhere I looked with my own perception, all I saw were abusive, addicted or alienating men. And so I realized that I was the one that needed to shift my perspective. I was the one that needed to shift my focus. And that's what got me started with podcasting with uh, the Men on Purpose podcast. And now mm -hmm. this podcast is actually being birthed out of a year and a half of doing Men on Purpose and doing so much healing and seeing how incorrect my perception was about men who are people. They are yeah. they're human beings. And and so I'm super excited that you are here with the, like almost an identical message and that you are here on the sister show. Now we're the sister show for the Men on Purpose podcast. So let's talk about uh, about leadership in particular, about really stepping into a leadership role where you are taking a stand that may cause some flack, which apparently you got some flack from people, right? <laughs> and, and how do you navigate those, what I call, you know, if this is a leadership, personal power struggles and strategies for navigating, setting clear boundaries and being a strong stand for what you are speaking about and sharing with the world. And at the same time, you know, knowing how to navigate for yourself What's like, what's your part when somebody attacks you for taking a stand, right? <laughs> yeah, well, as our worthiness becomes more and more intact, we are less impacted by the opinions of others. 
because I am no longer getting my self-worth from that other person. And so when I look back over my life and I see the times that I was in my deepest victim states, and it doesn't go away. We enter victim state less and less as we become more and more connected to our worthiness. But it's an ongoing practice. And when I was at my worst, and when I'm tired or I am vulnerable or like in a um, I can't cope kind of way, not in an honest come and see me kind of way. But when I am just not as strong as I would like to be in the moment, I do succumb to, to victim state and I have to talk myself through it and understand where it's coming from. And now I see as a gift, this is something I need to look at. So thank you. So if I'm getting triggered by somebody who's calling me a name, and some of the names are quite creative. Um, <laughs> I have to take that moment and go, okay, so why is this particular name impacting me or this particular person or the phrasing that they're using? Because it really has nothing to do with them. It has to do with unresolved stuff inside myself. So if they're saying stuff about me and it doesn't bother me, I'm like, whatevs. If it bothers me, I say, thank you. I have work to do. And so either way, I win. Yeah, I love that. Of yeah. course. You're <laughs> such a winner. <laughs> well, you know, you are definitely one of the people that is out there that's talking the walk and walking the talk. And so I want to ask you about whether or not you have your own person like obviously self-reflection is one piece of your personal process. Mm -hmm. But if there are some immediately actionable steps that our women can take that maybe are steps that you take when you do find yourself, you know, you've set a boundary, obviously, you know, somebody is now attempting to breach your boundary. You've made it clear what you stand for. Yeah. Uh, you know, besides your own self-reflection or maybe as part of your self-reflection, are there some things that you do? Is there a process that you go through to diffuse the situation and win, you know, get the gold out of it. Right. If opting out is an option, I will just stop engaging because there are, we don't have to engage with everybody that comes along. We have the opportunity to say, I was really clear on what I said right now and you're not honoring that. So I'm going to go over here and you can stay over here in your, you know, dishonoring place. We're good. So that is definitely one option that is available to people. The other one is understanding if our worthiness is caught up in converting them or changing them or not seeing them. And we have that choice. Um, when we start hearing that language, why can't they just see it my way? Why does this always happen to me? Why am I always so misunderstood? Those are all victim statements. And those are ways of alerting us that we are falling into that state. So then we get to step back and go, why does their opinion matter so much to me? And then on the other side of it, once we're in our worthiness state and we aren't requiring anything from them, I'm actually now in a place where I can just see them. And when you see someone, they can tell, right? They stop fighting. They stop trying to convert you because there is some need being met there for them. And it is a really beautiful thing to witness and to be a part of. It is so cool. And I have to say, with all of this work I'm doing with men, it's been so abundant. The number of men who have been like, thank you for seeing me. Mm. Like, thank you for saying that stuff that I'm not allowed to say. Like, just mm. thank you. 
And they just chill right out and they, and the conversations then become deeper, more complex, and we are able to move into a better place because I don't need anything from them, mm. right? Yeah. We are on equal level, equal playing ground. I am able to see them because I don't need to convert them. Mm. I don't need to see them through the lens of what I need. I just get to see them. Mm, I love that. And it, there's so much, so much goodness in that, so much mm. juice in that. And I would say men and women, there is a dearth on the planet of being seen. Yeah. And to be able to cultivate the capacity to be a seer and to be seeing without your own, you know, without projection, without your own triggers, without any of those things is the, one of the greatest gifts I think that anybody can give to another person. So, mm-hmm. and to you. ourselves. And to ourselves, absolutely. Yeah. And to yeah. ourselves. Absolutely. I get so much out of seeing people. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, really do. And you know, and it's difficult because I just went through a a breakup with somebody and it was because I saw him that I couldn't stay with him because I would have eventually needed to change him or change myself in a way I didn't want to change. So it changes our perspective and it changes how we go about things. And it really, it is a blessing. Like, does it hurt? Yeah, it hurts. Is it for the best? Yeah, for him and me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I love how, how much truth you're telling to yourself and so good. So we are already at the break. You know, it happens very quickly. <laughs> it does. Uh, my goodness. We're already at the break. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about your My Part course and about some of the other one, wonderful things that you're up to. And right now, we are going to thank all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. I want to shout out this week to our listeners in, I feel like I want to shout out to our listeners in Hawaii for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm just seeing palm trees and big waves. So we're going to shout out to our listeners in Hawaii and maybe also San Diego, which uh, Allison and I are both going to be in San Diego for the New Media Summit in the fall of 2019 here right around the time that this show is actually going to be launching. So we'll shout out to San Diego too. And we will be right back with Allison Donaghy. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Women, are you ready for a big revenue breakthrough so you can stop working like a man and being paid like a woman? Are you ready to take the leap and go deep to claim your value and convert your wisdom to wealth? Is now the time to fulfill your mission and change the world? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired by women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance and be heard by millions while building a sustainable business model that makes bank. Please visit apply.wealthylifemethod.com to apply for an invitation-only consultation. If you have been inspired to receive support in welcoming wealth by making your most heartfelt contribution to the world, be sure to apply for a consultation today. Once again, that is apply.wealthylifemethod.com or click in the link in the show notes to access the application.
We are back with Allison Donaghy. She is, uh, as we mentioned before, the host of the Allison Donaghy Show. And you can actually find out more about Allison and also about this movement that she's created to really take personal responsibility for your part. It's called My Part. And you can find out more about My Part at dominothinking.com. Uh, when you get there, there is a link to her course, her My Part course. This is an eight-week course that's going to teach you how to take personal responsibility and transform your life so that you are out of victim mode. And we have a special promotional code for the listeners of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast. You can insert the code SMARTWORTHY, all one word, and we will put that information into the show notes so that you can enjoy a lovely 10% off on enrolling in the My Part course. So, Allison, let's talk about creativity because as a leader, you know, you are channeling creativity and you've channeled your creativity into a number of things, a book, a radio show, and now this amazing course and movement. Can you talk a little bit about what happens when you have done all of this work? I know for a fact, from my point of view, from my perspective, that the more work I do, the greater bandwidth I have to be creative and to be making something meaningful happen with my life and out into the world. So talk a little bit about your creative process and what your my part work has done in terms of opening things up for you. Oh, uh, gosh. I find the creativity piece for me is this constant building on what's being created. So whether it was my first company, painting houses, creating that system on top of the system on top. So it's fine tuning all the time. So when I created the My Part course, I was like, oh, if people don't want to take the course or they have already taken the course, what is a way that this conversation can either start or continue happening? So then I created a game and it's called Time to Talk and it's a card game. And I envision people like sitting around the table, maybe having a couple of drinks with their friends or their kids and having conversations about scenarios we find ourselves in, creating a, a persona around that uh, individual that's having the scenario. How do they feel like a victim? Why do they feel like a victim? How do they move into freedom state? And then what? And it's just been so much fun playing it with people, but it never would have happened if I didn't create the My Part course. And then it would be like, okay, and what else do people need? Oh, I could do this. And what else do people need? Right? So it started with my house painting company and then it developed into um, speaking, which developed into domino thinking, which developed into me writing the book about business because I see it as such a great way for people to thrive and succeed if they're built that way. Not everybody is built to own their own business and not everybody should own their own business. But for those people who want to, I thought, well, how can I help? And then the speech led to my part. My part led to a course and the courses led to a game. And so I see it as just keep getting deeper and deeper into what is working and what people need. I love that too. You've got domino thinking happening in your own business. Like <laughs> yes. One domino just pushes over the next one. Yeah. And I'm a tweaker, right? Like, how do I make this better? How, like, how do I make that better? Now, how do I make that better, right? Beautiful. Well, you know what I love? As soon as you said time to talk and you talked about the game, I, I mean, I'm, I'm getting the chills all over me and like I'm having all kinds of vision coming in and like all the things that could happen with this game and where it could go. I was seeing the game being, you know, put into prisons all over the world and 
just like oh, all kinds of like I'll domino on top of your dominoes here, Alice. I'll see your domino and I will raise you a domino. <laughs> and you know, people play the game cards against humanity. Why not play a game that is actually for humanity to become more humane? Yeah. I love that. Well, and the beautiful part is that we get to practice in a situation that's not ours. Hmm. And so we get to practice understanding the process without the emotional attachment to the trauma. Beautiful. I love mm-hmm. that. And so yeah. it, it prepares you if you do fall into something that creates that kind of a trauma on the one hand, or it allows you to be more empathic and compassionate for other people. Beautiful. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Well, you know, there was something also that you said on the front half of the show when we were talking about boundaries and power struggles and things like that. I loved this and I really want to just highlight it for people because women, I think, especially, I can't speak for all women, but I think in general, women can often have difficulty setting boundaries. They can often have difficulty speaking their own truth. They can often have fear of looking impolite, uh, (laughs) you know, all of those things. And for you to just really be so clear in your own self-worth that you were able to say to somebody, you're not, you know, I'm very clear about what I'm saying here and you're not honoring me. So I'm just going to walk away because you're so powerful in that. I love this idea of opting out is an option. So is there something that you can share with our listeners that will help them to strengthen their own capacity to be self-aware enough in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like I can see myself being in that kind of a moment and not being able to get it out of my mouth and standing there like a deer in the headlights and then later walking away and saying, boy, I could have opted out of that. So mm-hmm. is there something that is, is either in your My Part course or other things that you offer to people that help women in particular to be able to be powerful advocates for themselves without being assholes. <laughs> right. And sometimes those are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> uh, sometimes, okay, let me back up a second. I think people who live in the gray are the ones that suffer from this, men and women. And I think women tend to live in the gray a little bit more than men do. But anybody who tries to understand another person's perspective is going to find it a little bit more difficult to stand up and say, no, this isn't okay with me. So it is a practice. It's something that you have to do. Start with something that's safer. You know, you see one thing come up, like something, maybe part of your meal. Don't eat it if you don't want to eat it. Just say, no, thank you. That's not what I want to be eating right now. Uh, Start with safe stuff. So that when it gets to the more difficult stuff, you're able to do it. And I would say most of the time, what we imagine is going to happen is worse than what actually happens. So yes, did my heart get broken? Sure it did. Am I missing him terribly? Yes, of course I am. But I had to honor his right to be who he was. And in fairness, he is such a great guy on so many levels. And so having these really good conversations with him was already part of our relationship. And so that was really fortunate for me because I do have a hard time with it because I am very much in the gray. I want to see people. And when I see people, I can understand their point of view. So the things that he was doing that I didn't agree with, I could understand why he was doing it. I could make up all sorts of great reasons why, yet I could not excuse the fact that I felt 
horribly out of alignment when he was engaging in some of the stuff that he did. And I was not going to go backwards. And so it comes from really connecting again with your worthiness and deciding on the life that you want. Mm. And if it's worth it to you to get the life that you want, you will stand up and say, this isn't okay with me. Mm. I love that. Well, I really want to emphasize starting with the small stuff. I really do think that that is a huge, huge key to, you know, the first step is awareness. So for some of our listeners out there, maybe just listening to this, they're suddenly aware that they actually have the option to op- opt out, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Just having the awareness is step one. And then step two is taking those baby steps and just beginning to exercise both your power to speak about what works for you and what doesn't work for you and understanding that you're allowed to Mm -hmm. have things that work for you and don't work for you. And then moving forward from there to build up your own personal worthiness muscle and your own self-awareness so that you can eventually be able in a bigger, more maybe charged situation, be able to stay powerful and clear and capable of, of speaking your truth fearlessly. Yeah. I yeah. love you, Allison. Wow, awesome. I, know. I love you back. <laughs> so happy I have you on the show. Um, I want to ask one final question because you're a biz babe too, you know? You're, <laughs> not only are you a wickedly smart woman and you're just like a really powerful creative thought leader and making such an immense impact, but you're also a very successful businesswoman. So can we talk about money? Because I think also women have a challenging relationship with money. So I'd love to have you talk about money, just anything that feels resonant for you to talk about right now, Mm. either from, you know, being a businesswoman or how money works in relationships or how money connects with your worthiness that might be helpful before we have to go. All right. I think for me, I guess there's two parts to it is the first step is understand your relationship to money. Do you think it's evil? Do you think it's, you know, rich people are terrible people, all of that. Get your head wrapped around money as being a form of freedom. All money is, is it allows you to do what it is that you want to do. It is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. And if we can change that mindset, you will change your relationship with the money. The other thing, like I didn't even have a savings account until I was 30. I was a single mom on welfare. I didn't know how to save money. There was no money to save. And I read The Wealthy Barber and started putting 10% away. Sometimes it was embarrassing. I'd have get like a $30 check and I'm putting $3 in my other bank account. And I'm just like, I am such a loser. <laughs> so sometimes I would just be like, screw it. I'm putting the whole $30 in. Mm -hmm. Um, And soon it went from like $20 in the bank to $100 to $1,000 to $10,000. And, you know, and it just keeps growing. Paying yourself first does not mean buying yourself a pair of shoes. (laughs) It means honoring yourself enough that you are no longer going to be dependent on the timing of your paychecks. Mm, Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love that. Allison, we are already at the end of the show and it's sad that we have to be here, but (laughs) I do want to just have a little bit of a comment on the money is, you know, that whole frame of money is the root of all evil, which, you know, you've reframed with money is it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. And I would actually personally, my point of view around money is that whole frame 
anything to do with evil and money, I've flushed out of my framework. And uh, I love that money is a form of freedom for you. So how I frame it is envy is actually the root of all evil. Mm. It's not money that's the root of all evil. It's actually envy that's the root of all evil and uh, causes people to do all kinds of horrible things. And, mm-hmm. and money is the tool that they often use for that. Yeah. So. And not my expression. Yeah, the, totally. right? But I remember being corrected because I, I did something one time and I said, oh, money's the root of all evil. And somebody corrected me and said, no, it's the love of money. And yeah. it's that, that's not the good love. It's the yeah. bad love. It's that, yeah. you know, I love money more than anything else and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. Exactly. Um, so I can't yeah. even... Greed, greed and envy. That, yeah. Exactly. Much better. Yeah, yeah. Much more clear. (laughs) All right, beautiful. Well, thank you again so much for being on the show. It's such a pleasure to have you. And I do encourage everyone who is listening to go to dominothinking.com, check out my part course, put in our lovely promo code, SMARTWORTHY. We'll put all that information into the show notes, as I mentioned before. Allison, it's been an immense pleasure to have you. I really appreciate you so much. Can't wait to actually spend more time in your presence and, you know, playing some wickedly smart, fun games with you, including (laughs) time to talk. There we go. Uh, Yes. And save me a dance. I will. All right, (laughs) listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are wonderful women. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to review and rate Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.